The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. The House Show. For over one year, the revolutionary force in retro sports entertainment podcasts. This one goes out to all the gorgeous ladies. The Retro Network, The House Show Podcast, and Fabergé Organics Shampoo proudly presents to you this detour on the path through the decade of decadence. As we turn the house show into the house glow. Now let's welcome to the stage your trio's tag team champions. The mass library, Kevin Helliens. The educator of excellence and sweet Maddie Treats. Now strap on your spandex glittering thongs because there ain't no business like glow business. Welcome everyone to another edition of the House Glow. It is me as always, Mr. Maddie Treats, and I'm joined by my trio's tag team partners. To my right is none other than the educator of excellence. Educator, how you doing today? Oh, we finally got the MRI, but we don't have the follow-up appointment until next Wednesday to determine what the results of said MRI actually are. So we're just trying to take it easy here over spring break away from school, doing a little bit of time at the game store, hobbling around, but making it happen. And then some quality time uh, through the private driving school as well and getting lessons in for the kids, staying busy as always, making that bank. Got to save up for the big weekend coming up. We got a, we got a very big weekend. We will talk about that in just a moment. But let's introduce the man to our left, Kevin Hellions. The Masked Library. Kevin, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, and I, I will not be taking it easy. I think we got some good feedback on the first episode of The House Glow, and most of the feedback says that they enjoy my sense of humor, so I'm going to just turn it up to 11 here. Um, and I just want to compliment the educator here for uh, telling us when he's getting the results, because much like AEW not wanting surprises, they want to announce ahead of time. You have now announced ahead of time when you're getting the results. So that'll give us a ratings bump. Yeah. Do you think your results will live up to the hype or will it be a Christian? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, probably, you know, John Cena signed with AEW. Oh, wait, April Fool's. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so a, a couple things actually. You bring up April Fools there. I, um, I don't know if it was the smartest thing, guys, to launch the house glow on April first. Um, I had a lot of people <laughs> thinking it was an April Fools joke we were doing, but no, we actually are doing the house show, uh, turning into the house glow for this the next thirteen weeks or whatever it is. I, I mean, honestly, if I realized it was going up April first, I, I mean, I knew it goes up Thursday, but I wasn't putting two and two together here. I think we would have hammed it up more to make it look like an April Fool's prank. And then it would have been like a double April Fool's prank when we came back the next week with a new episode. Wizards doing a prank episode also on the Retro Network didn't really help us any either, though. Yeah, thank you to the Wizards for that. Uh, so, guys, we have the big weekend plan this weekend, you know, WrestleMania weekend here. Um, what do I need for supplies? What do you guys like? Lots and lots 
of Apollo Crews t-shirts. Apollo Crews t-shirts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, any drinks you like? Uh, I've been a huge fan of the ice right now. Any those flavors ice drinks, of ice those... you like? Uh, and the darker reds. Any of the reds <laughs> and the pinks. <laughs> what flavor is that? It's dark red. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Black raspberry, black cherry. It's the Merlot flavor. <laughs> the Merlot. Okay. Um, Kevin, what, what do you want to drink? I'm I'm just trying to go like no sugar, no caffeine for stuff. Okay, so, so nothing. It, okay, write that down. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no I, I can I can yeah I can BYOW. BYOH2O. Bring your own water. No. I have a a water cooler in my apartment. Ooh, so fancy! I'm I think drink- I can just. So, yeah, I could drink from the tap. Yeah, well, that too, that too. Um, so, uh, do, Tevin, should we talk about the elephant in the room? I know the educator is, isn't online, so he doesn't know about this. Um, but should we talk about the Crone Meltzer Jim Cornette uh, feud partnership? Uh, you know, paths are crossing here. Well, they are. I mean, it's not uncommon for a successful podcast to be aware of each other. That is true. That is true, um, it, which is which is is funny because you don't hear you know Jim Cornette talking about Sequel Quest. No, true, true. No, they're they're talking about us, uh, talking about our buddy Crone Meltzer. Um, for those that are not aware, that don't listen to Jim Cornette, because I'm going to say probably a lot of people don't listen to him. Um, yeah, they they talked about Crone Meltzer on the podcast uh, this past week. Crazy, 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 crazy stuff. Small going world, on. man. I know Crone Meltzer, he's more of a TK fan than a JC fan, so can't blame the guy there. So He's, he's our fourth chair, our mascot. All right, why don't we get right into Glow? Guess where we are, guys. Kevin, do you know where we are? The Rivera? No, the Riviera. And beautiful. Oh, Riviera, man. Paradise, Nevada, Las Vegas, Nevada. I don't have a date for this, of course, but you know where we start. Oh, we can get you one. Just go on Bumble or Tinder. Oh, there you go, Kevin. Um, We start in the women's locker room. Uh, My question to you guys is, is the ref supposed to be a healer face here? With the very well-defined characters in Glow, they're either a face or a heel. Um, Is he in the heel locker room? Is he in the face locker room? Are they sharing locker rooms? What's your fantasy, Kevin? I mean, to be this referee, of course, is right. number one fancy. But I, I think he's, uh, I think he's alliance fluid. You know, if he needs to be a heel, he can. If he needs to be a face, he can. It just depends on what's going on here. And honestly, there's been enough times because part of it is for the women to be catty with each other and the one-liners and the comments and all. That there are things that the faces say that are horrible about the heels, but because about the heels, it's fine. So the referee's just saying what he wishes to to get the joke in. I mean, listen, if I was standing next to Hollywood, like in this opening segment, I'd probably say something stupid, too. Just so that she'd put her hands on you? Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'd melt like the soap that she makes. Wow. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, so we get the intro. We run down the card. Uh, then we go right into the shampoo commercial that starts us off. Uh, we get Tiffany's glow gossip. Um, where do you think they get all the jokes? Are they getting them from a book? Do they have really writers at this point? What do you, what do you think it looks like? There's got, there has to be a writer or two for the show, for all the comments, for all these goofy segments, talking segments. Um, I can't imagine like for the diversity, for the character sets, you know, for what each actress is playing here. Um, 
it just it's the scream sitcom these 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 little spinoffs and little segments that we see here um absolutely there's got to be a writer I, I i would fully believe there has to be but it's not even like jerry lawler or henny youngman joke levels here it's like kids riddle book right joke level yeah and then we get the um of course the singing rap intro um i, I want to say the first match looked like a like a packed house here uh better crowd than we've seen in the past do you think they're when they were filming these, these matches were filmed chronologically, or do you think they're just no. cutting no. and pasting? And I think so. Uh, in particular, when we go through the next episode where we talk about the tag match uh, with the two Russian vixens here, I, I mean, she doesn't even like the Nanachka doesn't even come out with the crown. It just seems like it's just weird. It just seems so off. Her hairstyle looks so much different compared to much shorter hair. Uh, than what we've seen on a previous episode when she's in the ring, so in the, including this one. So I, I really don't think these were taped. And, you know, they're just cutting and pasting together to make shows. I, I feel like they had a, a checklist here. We need the promos, which you know, we mentioned last week. We need one actual good match. We need one fighting match. We need one comedy match. And whether that match took place in week one or week 20 of taping, don't care. We need one for each show. So if they taped one night and had like five comedy matches, that's not going to be five matches in a row. That's going to be like spread out over five weeks. And plus, I think the only there's like two actual storylines progressing on here, too. So that may have been done a little in chronological order. Right. One of the things I guess I noticed I haven't paid attention to is just like the continuity of the crowd. Like when we watch one match, who are the people directly across from the, you know, the hard camera you know, in one match versus the next match and so on. It seems like Miss Kitty, every episode, she's wearing a different outfit. So, I don't know. But she's also usually taken up the space of seeing the crowd, too. Yeah, so match number one on our, our card is Beastie versus uh, Justice. A um, couple of notes that I have, guys. <laughs> Go on. Um, Go on, is, please. Uh, there is a spear. Okay. Uh, not a, a Roman spear. Reigns. Like a Roman Reigns. Not a Roman Reigns spear. Not oh. an Edge spear, but like a spear, okay. very racist spear, if you will. And Beastie has a different colored ass than the rest of her body. <laughs> like I did not see that coming. Different colored kind of spandex, it looks like. Yeah, they all got like a pantyhose, leotard, whatever underneath. But that's more. I'm not even trying to be not, right now. I'm just trying to be serious. Co- it's not a nude color. Yeah. Kevin, let me ask you a question, because you worked retail mm-hmm. before. Yes. yes. Would you consider those to be assless chaps, then? <laughs> well, all all chaps are assless, if we're talking about true chaps. Yeah, because they're supposed to really like, go over like a pair of jeans or something. Yeah, yeah, assless chaps, chaps is redundant. They're all supposed to be. Um, okay. I, did, I, I did not know that. Is, Thank you for this. Is, this has been chap talk with Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, granted, their pantyhose probably came out of an egg for for this era, but I think they're wearing it because with the flips, with certain camera angles, with stuff like that, if they didn't have something like that on as well, they're going to be showing a bit too much to the right. world than they want to see. I'm sure they've got multiple layers on in case there's tearing and splitting and whatnot. Yeah. 
Yeah. And and honestly, like depending on the fabric of it, it kind of would look like shiny on TV too. Yeah. Um, I will say NBC's the worst one for it. And just bear with me, guys. It seems like asses in the eighties were shaped differently. More ovular. No, I I totally the cut of the jeans, the cut of the whatever, but they definitely were different shaped in the eighties than they are now. Definitely, because this was okay. So you got to break butts down based on. <laughs> I have a theory on this. You break. Okay. You break them down. You, yeah, you break butts down based on pre Sir Mixalot or after Sir Mixalot. Hmm. That's actually a very good point. There's like the old joke from Scrubs. JD, what's it like dating a black girl? Oh, it's just like dating a white girl. But when she says, "Is my ass big?" You say yes. So, so there. But there's enough girls that like, oh, I need to do squats. I need to do this exercise. I need to do that exercise so I get a booty. Yes. They, everyone wants that peach emoji. Hmm? So. All right. Um, educator, you got some notes for this one? Uh, you know, just I can already tell that for some reason, lots of segments that we're going to be reviewing tonight will never make it to Peacock. Uh, for their racist undertones yeah. that are being removed. Definitely. Uh, this Certainly this segment would be one of them. So, yeah, we start with the match with Beastie with a gift, a spear, I guess, because she really wants to know what tribe Justice is from. Justice is kind of not too happy. She says she's from the kicking butt and taking names era, whatever that means. Uh, we see the match begin with Beastie choking Justice in the corner. Justice does battle back and is able to escape. Uh, Beastie runs Justice's head into the corner, and then Beastie does a big scoop body slam to take Justice down to the mat. Beastie climbs to the second rope, but Justin is a uh, Justice is able to kind of like hip toss her off that second rope front flip style towards the canvas. Justice is able to do an Irish whip, and both ladies hit each other with a running clothesline, knocking each other down to the canvas. The ladies essentially start rolling around and brawling on the canvas, uh, trying to get the upper hand on each other. Eventually, they spill out into the floor. We see Beastie ramming Justice's head into the corner post. Justice gets thrown back into the ring, and Beastie hits a one-footed dropkick from behind to knock Justice back out through the ropes, back out into the floor. At one point, we see Beastie ramming Justice into one of the main support pillars of the building, that has the equivalent of like chalk for siding on it that just basically explodes the drywall. It just shatters everywhere. We see Beastie walking around, jawjacking with the crowd. And Justice had pulled a piece of the drywall advertising siding off of that pillar. And she tries to swing it like it's a steel chair to crack Beastie in the back. But the drywall just like crumbles in her hands and falls apart. So there's not really anything for her to swing and hit Beastie in the back with. So instead, Justice then rams Beastie's head into the apron a couple of times and then does a fireman's carry to Beastie and Samoan drops her through a table at ringside. It is 1989 and we are seeing a table spot in glow, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Beastie does eventually recover from being Simone dropped through the table. She ends up picking up a chair and smashes it over Justice's back. Beastie and Justice essentially Irish whip each other in front of the crowd into the front row. 
At this point, we've already had the referee do their do the countout finish. Countout is a twenty countout uh, from the referee. As the ladies continue to brawl, eventually security is brought in to separate the ladies and to bring us to our first commercial break. Really good fight. Like I was surprised by it, but it also shows how much no one's really booking the show well because it's not about booking it like a wrestling show is it's about booking the skits and the sketches and just entertaining the fans but not really putting on a weekly sequential have to watch every episode show because honestly you book this in a promotion now beastie no sells that table break she gets up she's a star that's getting a title match next week like she looks like a monster coming out of that but it's just over and done and that's nothing here and it should have looked amazing it should have got a bigger pop everything because like you said it's it's a table break and glow of all things in 89 when we weren't seeing tables break in every show the the spear line beastie playing a post-apocalypse warrior like mad max style if anything she'd be in a tribe because that's when the society breaks down they have these little tribes of people there in that society there. So it'd it'd make more sense for her to be part of one justice. If anything, I think should have been more over. Maybe 89 was like a little too late here, but she's got that uh, seventies black exploitation, eighties vigilante movie style here of like, Oh, I I can't, we can't rely on the police here. I'm going to take matters into my own hands to, you know, clean up the neighborhood to get back at who wronged me, whatever it is like a um, Pam Greer, Foxy Brown kind of thing. Jackie Brown, sorry. I I think it could have been a great gimmick, again, with a little more thought here, too. But that's just not what they're going for. Um, It's also, the, it was really this episode and this match starting it where I'm like, boy, the wins and losses just do not matter in Glow. Nope. It not does all. not matter. There's no, like, T or uh, AEW rankings. The win-loss record here are, like, points on whose line is it anyway. So we follow that up with Dr. Feel and Grope uh, working with MTV. My question to you guys is uh, there's only one doctor there. Are they Dr. Feel? And, like, is that one person or would it's they be feel, two? No, it's Feels, F-I-E-L-S. So Feels and then Grope. I, yeah, but shouldn't it be two I, doctors? I know who's Dr. Grope and who's Dr. Feels? Right. I just want to know, like, who is this crusty old guy? It turns is he probably like the financial backer of Glow, and he just wants to have his cameo time I, on the show. I think that might be the person that Mark Mirren's character in the Glow TV series is based on, because they do look uh, very know, similar. Yeah, you could. I get, I could see that now. Yeah, I feel like Doctor Fields and Grope are actually um, identical cousins, much like the Patty Duke show. So we have seen both Doctor feels and dr grope in these segments but because they look the same we weren't able to tell them apart um kevin question for you Uh uh-huh when is your parody heavy metal song i'm the one they call dr feels grope coming out (laughs) he's the one that make you feel all right now treats yes we discussed what i knew of puff daddy p diddy on a previous episode so i have two questions for you one who performs dr feel good uh, would that be Van Halen? No! <laughs> Who's, uh, no, wait, is that Vince Neil? Is that the crew? Uh, that's the lead singer of the band. Yeah, Molly Crow. Yeah. The Dirt. Okay. 
fo- follow up. Can you name another song from Motley Crue? Uh, Talk Dirty the Dog. No. <laughs> uh, oh God, Poison. the crew. Off the top of my head, uh, no, that's Cherry Pie's Warrant. I could name like all the Poison songs. Does that count? You can name all the Poison singles. Yeah. Uh, you can name all four members of Poison. Ricky Rocket. He's the red coon, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the drummer. Um, no, I, I, I don't. You know what? I don't have another Molly Crew song. I'm sorry. Girls, girls, uh, girls. Is, yeah, yeah. Is that Van Halen with uh, Dirty Dave? No. No, but Girls, Girls, Girls should have been a Van Halen song with David Lee Roth. Yeah, I will give you that. But when David Lee Roth went solo, he did his California Girls cover. Oh, okay. Well, thank you, Kevin. Mm-hmm. All right. This so, is, this is you know what? Why don't we... 80s hair it's metal talk. You rattling off the poison singles. Uh, talk to you to me. Uh-huh. Every rose. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, in my old man's Ford. <laughs> what is that song? At the drive-in. In my old man's That's talk dirty to me. Is that talk dirty to me? I, I mean, maybe yeah. I only know those two. All right. Oh, yeah, Unskinny Bop, yeah. I can tell you all the Dish Walla songs if you want. Oh, <laughs> counting one. Counting, oh, one of counting them. blue cars, thank you. Sorry. Were you at that concert too? Yeah, that was my first event? concert growing up. Was counting was uh, Dish Walla and, down, and the Goo Goo Dolls. Yep. Oh. So. It went, showed up with one girl and left with another. <laughs> Who, you did? I did. Educator. Well, why don't you break that down for us? <laughs> Showed up, showed up with Amy, left with Roxanne. Oh, jeez. Oh, I know who I went with now. Yeah, you yeah, weren't yeah, there. You, I mean, you, you were, were there. Did you I go with you Roxanne? Go <laughs> <laughs> as soon as the red light came on, that was it. Yeah. Yeah, literally, the red light. Now, why don't we get back on track here? We're talking there Beastie and Godiva doing our thing. <laughs> um, then we get another shampoo <laughs> commercial. Then we get Zelda Zingers. Do you think... Like, uh, obviously, they redid this um, and they, you know, they can just tape a bunch of these as they want. Um, Do you think that they just reuse some of them from the past year? Like, could you use some of the same jokes from season two or season one that are in the season three? Oh, absolutely. You could. Do you think anyone, you know, this is played once, maybe twice? three times at most during the time of this, like not something like this where we could rewatch it anytime or other people could, they could absolutely recycle stuff. They probably got Zelda in studio one day, filmed like 20 of them. Yeah, 20, She yeah. popped out more. Yeah. She popped out more zingers than Dolly Madison and went on with her day. All right. Um, and that leads us to match number two on the card, uh, which is Broadway Rose uh, with dementia. Um, versus Thunderbolt and Lightning, the superheroes. A um, couple things, guys. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I love Broadway Rose. I love the gimmick too. I think it's great. It, you know what it reminds me of? Because they were talking about the street fighting, right? Do you think there's a lot of street fights on Broadway? <laughs> I mean, the only street fight on Broadway is West Side Story. There, there were that. Damn year. it. You got there first. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, I mean, to me, that's like a gimmick, like the mean street posse. Right. Mm-hmm. 
you know, peak gas. Well, it's also Broadway gas. 80s Broadway Manhattan Times Square and modern day are two different things. That's true. Right. You know, 80s, you would have a pickpocket doing stuff like this. You know, nowadays it's a glorified theme park. Honestly, though, who would have thought Crime Time would have taken their gimmick from 1989 Broadway Rose's <laughs> Broadway Glow? Rose. <laughs> I love it. Yo, 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 yo. <laughs> I do. It's Broadway time. <laughs> when you're a jet, you're and the, a jet I, I all the like, way. I like the dementia character, too. I Her coming out now with the Jason Voorhees mask. <laughs> like great. It's just great. I like the character. How she doesn't wrap her open. <laughs> she just sits there all catatonic while the other girls are doing doing it for her. She's got an axe in her hand in this one. She starts swinging the axe and they're all like crying, trying to grab it to prevent her from going crazy. It's great. It is really, really good stuff. Um, all right, educator, why don't you go ahead and break down this one? So we see the start of the match with the uh, the ring announcer pretty upset with Broadway Rose. She's got Justice's hat, Tiffany Mellon's credit card, a whole bunch of other things that she's five finger discounted from the uh, Faces Girls locker room from backstage. We see the face team of Thunderbolt and Lightning start off the match running into the ring with a pair of drop kick to the heel ladies. We see Lightning with a, a monkey flip to Dementia. Dementia actually battles back and does a reverse chin lock and a choke to Lightning. Lightning has to try twice, but eventually is able to get up onto Dementia's shoulders and does a head scissors roll through to take Dementia down to the mat. Dementia ends up catching Lightning with a cross body and turns it into a body slam. Dementia uses a side headlock and eventually Broadway Rose is tagged in and she comes off of the top rope or second rope with a big double axe handle down onto lightning. Broadway Rose does multiple stomps to keep lightning down to the canvas. We see the spot, the typical or the infamous lady spot where Broadway Rose steps on lightning's hair and then grabs her by the arms and drags her up so that she's pulling her hair out by the scalp. Eventually, Lightning is able to flip Broadway Rose over and roll her to the mat. Lightning is then able to tag in Thunderbolt. Thunderbolt hits a running dropkick to take Broadway Rose down to the mat. Broadway Rose does a couple of stomps after she recovers and does the big double-leg Cesaro-like swing to Thunderbolt to toss her around in the ring. We see Broadway Rose choking Thunderbolt, holding her throat first over the top rope. Broadway Rose with a big Irish whip into the corner turnbuckle. Broadway Rose tries to charge in head first, uh, but Thunderbolt is able to move and Broadway Rose crashes and burns hard into the middle turnbuckle. And then we see a big four-way schmoz where all four ladies begin brawling in the ring. We see Thunderbolt hitting a big arm drag to Broadway Rose, uh, Broadway Rose and then attempts to do a big running splash. And is successful, but Dementia ends up breaking up the pinfall attempt. The faces end up countering a double uh, leapfrog attempt maneuver by the heels and end up jumping over the heels' bodies and then doing another set of double drop kicks to knock both of the heels down to the mat. Thunderbolt is able to hit a second big running splash onto Broadway Rose and gets the big one, two, three pinfall victory as the tag team of Thunderbolt and Lightning defeat Broadway Rose and Dementia. Uh, Broadway Rose here debuting, well, for us at least, um, mentioned as Hollywood's cousin, Dementia here coming out like we were talking about. Remember how um, the Friday the 13th remake 
people were saying that Jason looked so much bigger than he looked in the 80s movies, and especially with the Rob Zombie Halloween movies, Michael Myers looks jacked and masked and all. Same thing here with Dementia coming out with the mask on, because she just steps right over that top rope into the ring. It's coming out like a beast here. A couple, like, I was surprised to see an airplane spin, honestly. And does Dementia have sort of an Undertaker gimmick going on here? Because she was no-selling stuff a lot here. But it didn't seem like no-selling, like, oh, I'm supernaturally powerful and strong like the Undertaker. It seemed no-selling, like, I'm unaware of what's going on around me. So I'm not even aware someone's hitting me. Because I'm in this other mental state here. Uh, I, I still, I've been keeping track throughout this episode and the next, uh, I still don't know what aunt Kitty does at ringside besides like, I think she paid extra for like super premium ringside tickets and they just gave her a gimmick. So she has an excuse to be standing there for every match. She doesn't do anything. She doesn't interfere. She just walks back and forth. She's a, a waste of a paycheck, but I have a feeling we have some sort of money mark situation going on here. I gotta imagine. <laughs> There's some connection for sure here. And for those keeping track at home, much like Educator did for the first episode, let me go ahead and be me again for a moment. This match especially, uh, I believe it was mostly with Thunderbolt, um, but later on as well, I feel like they're getting trying to push the boundaries with what camera angles they can get away with. It, It happened a couple times in these two shows. I feel like they're really skirting their uh, their TV rating here. Not that there was TV ratings at the time, but it's a couple things there that don't seem appropriate for afternoon Saturday television. All right, so we follow that up with Godiva's Bare Facts. Then we get Mountain Fiji with Justice. Uh, we get MTV's Glow Connection. Hey, she's the AOK DJ. Uh- <laughs> god um and then we followed it up with <laughs> sally the farmer's daughter versus hollywood um a couple notes on this one guys uh-huh, uh-huh. i feel bad for the hot dogs the announcers had on the table because they get to uh this was fantastic though love this match. oh my or lord this segment was great hollywood if you're listening we know you're out there Come on a run-in. We want to hear you from you. We wanted to talk about this match. This was fantastic. Absolutely fan-friggin-tastic. So much fun. She was ready to work. When you saw her from the background sprinting to ringside, I mean, she was hauling it. And when she attacked, and 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 Sally held her own, too, for the, the gimmick that she has, and they were just going back and forth. This was a great brawl. A great segment for these ladies. Really, uh, you know, put them over looking at them at, at it from a different perspective now uh, for this rivalry that is developing between these two two girls. I mean, Sally can't rap worth a damn, but she could definitely fight. And you're right. This was done so well. Not that I'm expecting it from Glow. But if you told me this is building up to a Sally versus Hollywood steel cage match, I am all for it. Although the steel cage would probably come up to like chest high. Maybe they'll have like a hair versus hair match. Oh, Fabergé, you know, going to be sponsoring Fabergé versus Nair. <laughs> no, just a fantastic, fantastic match. I thought it was interesting, though, that 
you would have this match and really a brawl on the outside going crazy, but you also had the Beastie Justice match, which was also the same thing. Once again, I, I know we look at it from a, like a wrestling mind standpoint. Like, why are you going to do the same thing on a 45-minute, an hour show? Have, you know, it would stand out more if it wasn't just brawl action on the outside. But, yeah, it was really fantastic. So, edu- I would counter that these are two different fights, though. Yeah. These are, like, this is a more violent physical fight than the Beastie Justice one earlier. No, no, it's a... Uh... They're two different fights, but still, you're you're still going to the outside when the first two episodes that we watched didn't have any of that. You could have easily put uh, okay. one of these matches in in that. You could have done Beastie versus Justice, say on you know the first episode, and it would have stand it stood out more. Is all is that. all I'm saying. So, uh, but educ- doing the same thing over and over again, you know, it kind of gets repetitive, gets boring. Yeah. Yeah, for the audience, for the crowd, for the live crowd, I'm sure. A lot of fun, though. Um, so, Educator, why don't you go ahead and break this one down? So, essentially, the whole thing is a, just a monster's brawl on the outside for what these ladies can do. We see the start of the match. Well, what begins to be the start of the segment, I guess, is Hollywood just a crazy sprint run in and attacks Sally from behind as Sally is on the microphone. We see Hollywood pick up a chair as Sally is kind of on the ring apron and Hollywood is kind of choking or grinding that chair into her throat. The ladies are just brawling all over, all around in ringside, trying to do reversals of each other, jockeying for position, trying to get the upper hand on each other. At one point, we see Hollywood Irish whip Sally into the first front, front row of fans and tosses over a couple of the gentlemen there. Uh, the girls, they're stiff, slapping back and forth with each other. At one point, Hollywood just with big old left hand slap to Sally. Um, stiff headlocking back and forth, trading for position, just working all around ringside. We see Sally at one point ramming Hollywood into the big glow pillar sign. Must be they were able to get some fresh drywall and new advertising up on that pillar sign. Hollywood eventually returns the favor and rams Sally back into that same pillar. And again, the drywall is just breaking right down right off of it. Towards the end, we see security coming down. They're trying to separate the girls who are just adamant at pulling each other's hair out, brawling back and forth. Uh, The match has been thrown out by the referee and we hear the uh, ring announcer saying that the, the match has been you know, the match has been finished and that hopefully they'll do a segment down the road once a lot of things are updated and changed and rules and are agreed to and so on. I mean, like, can't fight implies the WWF diva type of fighting. Like, oh, let's just look cute and do, you know, brawn panty matches and stuff like that. These two are having like an actual woman fight. Like I'm going to take off my rings. I'm going to take off my earrings and I'm going to gouge some girl's eyes out. Like we are not playing around here. The chair choke, taking the the microphone cord and wrapping it around to choke. It was great. Like you're saying with the table spot earlier, this is shockingly violent for the time frame and the show and the organization going on here. Loved it. Absolutely great. Um, Hollywood, because uh, I don't shut up about it, is absolutely my MVP here. Um, best outfit of the night, too, by the way. 
Um, and then there the slaps in here, as you mentioned, there were a couple slaps that I wrote down in all caps and underlined because it was such a hard slap. And I you gotta give credit to them. I think they're just like, we're here, screw it, let's go all out. We're not playing around. And I think for the them, you probably had some of the women in the locker room that said, No, I just want to go out and wrestle an easy match and you know get paid and look pretty and that's what i was here for i'm not here to be a wrestler and i think you had some other girls that are like no we're gonna wrestle and we're gonna beat the hell out of each other and have fun <laughs> and these two lined up real well yeah overall just a just a fun fun uh little segment here and i i think when you get to the bc justice match and then of course the sally the farmer's daughter in hollywood match i think that's the formula for glow that i that i see is i mean for, for this to be super entertaining, the over-the-top characters and the fun that is, you know, watching them, you know, throw people into the crowd, that interaction with a Vegas show, um, you know, you're not going to get a, a Matt classic, but but that's the formula for, for, these, uh, for these bouts, in my opinion. So um, we follow that up with a Beasties Beanery. Um, then we get Tiffany Mellons and Roxy Astor doing a little segment. Uh, we get some more shampoo commercial. And then guess what, guys? It's a Mountain Fiji dream sequence. Um, that follows up to match number four on the night, which is Big Bad Mama with Cheyenne Cher. This is probably one of the whitest white girls playing a character. I don't think would ever make Peacock Television. We we can't be sure she. We don't know her bloodline. We can't be sure. I mean, if I didn't know any better, I'd swear. I mean, this is 1989. I'd swear that this is Bailey's mom that we're watching on TV here. Because man, the how uncanny that these two ladies look now with Bailey with the shorter hair. Well, she's had the shorter hair for a while, but. It's just crazy. Now, could they switch outfits too then? Jeff Bailey, we were in Cheyenne's gear. Maybe SmackDown, WrestleMania, whatever. You you, you wish that she would wear Cheyenne's gear. One is, just remember, Kevin, one is before Sir Mm -hmm. Mix-A-Lot. The other (laughs) one is... Post Sir Mix a lot. I I, I post Sir Mix. We're in a post Sir Mix a lot world now. I'm also expecting um, your parody song of Bailey got back. <laughs> do what I can. Uh, I, uh, speaking of though, like uh, like you're saying, she looks like they're related. Like could be her mom. We don't know if, uh, like I said, don't know her bloodline here for this character. Um, I didn't see any bloodlines. Also, didn't see any tan lines with this outfit. Cool, Kevin. I'm glad to know your high def TV works. <laughs> bring, in the, bring in the extra sleaze, I see. All right, there you go. Uh, yeah, just you get the it's okay. Not, I'm you appreciating get, the talent in the you ring. You get the There's okay from Jason that, that you can swear, and this is how you treat it. All right, um, educator, why don't you go ahead and break down this one? We see Cheyenne's share try to start the match, but she's got a whole bunch of gear on that she, it takes her forever to get all of her gear off the Native American. Uh, wardrobe that she's got going on Once in the ring the match starts With Cheyenne Cher doing a baseball slide Through Big Bad Mama's legs Cheyenne Cher tries to set up for an Irish whip but Big Bad Mama is able To push her off 
Cheyenne Shear tries to do a set of uh, uh, head scissors takeover twice, only both times they get tossed off by Big Bad Mama. Big Bad Mama tosses Cheyenne Shear over the ropes. Cheyenne Shear is able to reverse and essentially hit, or recover, I should say, and hits a running drop kick for her efforts. Big Bad Mama does an Irish whip and turns it into a flapjack, taking Cheyenne Shear down to the canvas. Big Bad Mama then drops a big elbow into a down Cheyenne Shear's back. Big Bad Mama takes a feather from Cheyenne Shear's gear and attaches it to a, well, it was called a voodoo doll, but it's just like basically a little kid's toy doll here. And as a result, Big Bad Mama is now able to use this voodoo doll to basically pull Cheyenne Shear under a spell, causing Cheyenne Shear to do cartwheels and other tumbling rolls in the ring. Big Bad Mama forces Cheyenne Shear with the voodoo doll to go to the top rope and causes Cheyenne Shear to essentially give herself a swanton dive off of the top rope to the canvas. Big Bad Mama stands on the voodoo doll, which then forces Cheyenne Shear, uh, or forces Cheyenne Shear down and causes a lot of pain. At one point, she uses the voodoo doll again to force Cheyenne Shear again to the top ropes with uh, the intent of forcing her to jump off again. But this time, when Cheyenne Shear dives off of the ropes, she ends up doing a crossbody on top of the referee. Big Bad Mama then picks up Cheyenne Share, who just cross-body blocked the referee, gives her a big old body slam, and then hits a big splash, and the referee counts a 1-2-3 victory. Your winner, Big Bad Mama. Now, you can't do it every episode, but I'm already appreciating the Big Bad Mama voodoo gimmick here. Her just, like... Mama doesn't have to do anything here. Cheyenne just beats herself, really. Climbing the ropes, jumping off, and everything, the whole gimmick of it. And again, a thing that you can't just have any random girl in glow do it. You need to have someone that's going to act it out, be part of the character, you know, really ham it up and all put all themselves into this gimmick. I thought it was fantastic, hysterical. It protects Mama, who I can't imagine is that great in the ring anyways here. I don't want to see one every week. Like we see certain Fabergé segments every week, but you know, only two now and four shows. I'm all right with it. We'll see how it goes here. Um, a couple, a uh, couple offensive things here said, you know, she's Cheyenne chair. She's not the Indian, but that is how she's called throughout the match. And, Again, same with what Beastie had to say, same with announcers and all. Beastie did not choose to say this stuff. The announcer's not choosing necessarily to say this stuff. This is a job. This is what they're asked to do by the writers and people in charge. A lot of it doesn't seem so good now, but we'll go. Yeah, we have to. We're, we're moving on here. Um, but the announcer did say when uh, mom was doing her whole thing there, this is not a voodoo match. And I have a question. What would a voodoo match be, though? I don't know. But, you know, you got Big Bad Mama. And then you got, you know, eventually down the road, Papa. <laughs> Papa Shango. I'm telling you, these two could have been an intergender tag team of the millennium. What would you call them? The mamas and the papas. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. 
I was hoping you'd get that. And what else you could call them? Big Bad Shango? Do you want me to name Ooh, all their songs? Like... Go for it. I don't know any of them. The Black Ooze. I, I mean, Mama Cass did appear in an episode of Scooby-Doo. I talk about that ham sandwich. That's all I get from pop culture references. All right. So we get a easy as KGB Nanachka um, segment. Uh, she's talking to a senator this time, and Vladimir calls her. Putin. You, you Putin? would think she'd have caller ID on that phone. I mean, I know this is 89, but at least take the phone off the hook or, or just, you know. When it says call incoming and, you know, it's with a K and call received and the R is backwards, you should know it's from Russia. Ooh, ooh, that would be great. Sorry. Yeah. I'm going to cut all this out. So. <laughs> if, Gremlina switch, if Gremlina joined up with Natachka and she was called Kremlina. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll, I'll let that stay into the show. I like that. Um, so I have a segment, guys, that's not part of the actual show. What? Um, so, because we're watching this on Tubi TV, and they, or Tubby, as you like to say, Kevin, and they put their own commercials in there. Yes. Uh, did you guys get the uh, Keytruda commercial? I may have. I Maybe. ignored them. You ignore yeah. them, right? When the Keytruda commercial comes on, just pay attention to it, okay? It's a minute-long commercial, and the reason it's minute-long is because they list 25 seconds of side effects of taking it. <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> I think I don't want Keytruda. I think I want Locktruda. Like, you literally, it's insane, the amount of side effects. But All right. So, anyways, we get the shampoo commercial. Then we get the country girl dates. And then we get to our main event of episode number three here, which is Tiffany Mellons uh, taking on Ninochka. Uh Is this, uh, are, did we see the best sign of the, uh, of the whole series? We're going to see with the Russia rule sign, but the guy in the front row. Right. Right. When Ninochka comes to ringside, she's like the face. The crowd loves her. She's hugging people, coming to ringside. Crowd absolutely loves Ninochka. And I, 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 I'm I, following for her myself, let me tell you. Fans recognize talent. She's amazing. Even the Glow Rap segment opens the show. She never forgets the cameras on her. Even if she's not the center of it, someone else is rapping, she's in the background, she never forgets she's on camera. Gives a look, the way she stands, her confidence, body language, everything. I also like uh, a scary moment during this match at the end. The superplex, spoiler alert, uh, fantastic. Yeah. I was dangerous. I thought someone was going to break their neck, but it was it was awesome to see that. Um, but yeah, all in all, I, I think myself, and I don't want to speak for you guys, but I think we're all in the same boat. Glow's starting to grow on me. Absolutely, like, I was I was struggling prepping for last week's episode and as getting through the first first show of the two i'm like why did i agree to this what are we doing i can't why are we taking this is the direction we're taking our show in and going through and watching the episodes this week uh for our show um i'm starting to get hooked on this the segment i mean the fact that the segments are they're kind of predictable in terms of the sequence and everything, and you're just like, okay, what is she saying this week? What is she? What are they going to joke about this week? I'm now like the characters. Uh, 
they're becoming more and more familiar and they're just not less forgettable faces. And yeah, I'm very much, I'm getting into this big time. I really am. I I mean, you're right. Like you said, we are going into it with a wrestling point of view and that's not what it is. If we wanted to sit down and I don't know for a 25th anniversary or however long it's been watch Nickelodeon's all that, we're not watching as a wrestling show. We're watching it as either, hey, these are kids putting on a goofy sketch show and Keenan's on it. So we're just watching a goofy sketch show that happens to have wrestling in it. Yeah. So uh, anyways, educator, why don't you go ahead and break down the match of Tiffany Mellon versus the Big Red Machine? So we see at the start of the match, Tiffany Mellon grabs the microphone is kind of being interviewed, how excited she is about how the crown will actually accent her wardrobe. The start of the match starts with Tiffany with a big running headlock takeover, and then she throws a drop kick to take Nanachka down to the canvas. We see Tiffany with a monkey flip and then a double hand arm drag to bring Nanachka down again. Tiffany with a headlock attempt, but Nanachka is able to do a snap nare takeover to uh, gain the upper hand. Tiffany does do a monkey flip and a pinfall attempt for only a two count, but Nanachka is able to battle back with an Irish whip into the corner and does two pretty uh, leaping stomps to the gut uh, to bring Tiffany down to the canvas. At one point, we see Nanachka with a big, almost like a football punt to the forehead, taking Tiffany down. Nanachka uses a, a big body slam and then lays Tiffany over the top turnbuckle to deliver some vicious elbows to her abdomen and to her side. Tiffany is able to escape and she shoves Nanachka away, allowing Tiffany the ability to climb to the top rope. But when Tiffany dives, Nanachka essentially tosses her over for a front slam. Tiffany is able to recover and hits a running body charge, very similar to Big Van Vader 92, and actually uh, pushes uh, Nanachka into the corner. Tiffany ends up doing an Irish whip from one corner to the next, but Nanachka is able to do a f- uh, uh, basically a flip-flop f- floozy a la Ric Flair uh, over the top rope onto the apron. And then Tiffany Mellon charges Nanachka while on the apron, and Nanachka is able to essentially hip-toss her from the apron over the top rope onto the floor. Nanachka rams Tiffany's head into the ring post once, and then flings Tiffany back into the ring. We see Nanachka hit a standing vertical suplex, but instead of dropping her on her back, she actually sets her up into the corner turnbuckle into a seated position. Nanachka climbs to the second rope and does a standing vertical delayed suplex from the second rope into the ring. Nanachka then folds up Tiffany with the jackknife pin and celebrates in victory with her one, two, three pinfall. I like the pattern of Nanachka's title matches so far where it seems like she's feeling her opponent out first let me see what you got let me see what moves you have let me see how hard you can hit looks like she's taking a beating for the first part of the match and then as soon as she gets a read on the opponent just gets up and kicks their ass every time and it really it's not so much like the okay the face needs to have control a little bit match then the heel does and then face makes comeback which is what I thought was going on at first. No, it's really like a, a 
maybe even a Russian style. Maybe Ivan Drago did it in Rocky Four as well. Of I'm gonna take your best shot just so I know that's your best shot, and then I know what you have in you. So, you know, Nanashka's like, I'm gonna take what Tiffany has, and you know, previous opponents over the weeks here, and then I know what you got, and then I know how I can beat you. But she also, I really think she's elevated every person she's been in the ring with. This is the second best uh, match I've seen Tiffany Mellon in in the past week. She found out after our last episode, I did some more Google searching on a lot of the women from Glow, including Tiffany Mellon. Real interesting uh, one-on-one match she has with uh, Shawn Michaels, but it's spelled differently. It's S-E-A-N. It's not. Oh, I was confused. Cool. <laughs> I don't get the joke, but whatever. Um, yeah, go on, Google it. <laughs> so, not at work, though. So then we follow that up with our Mirror Mirror segment, which is Rocky Aster. I figured that out. Um, and then we get our... Is it? Yeah. Then we get our... I thought it was a Vicky Victory. No. Yeah, I and... thought it was Victory Victory as well. Hmm. Maybe I'll Google that after. Yeah. All right. Um, and then we get a Drunk Driving. Don't do drugs. Drunk Driving. Um, you know, PSA. Ho- ho- Hollywood's looking out for our best interests. Oh, she, I'm just glad she's looking out for me. I'm going to do the same. See, I originally thought Hollywood was a heel. I, oh, she is. So why is she doing a don't do drugs until PSA? Like, it's, but she, just because she's a heel doesn't mean that she's not, you know, she's not an ass, even okay. though she's a heel. Well, what a heel. The face? So, the face. <laughs> the 80s was also a very big anti-drug thing. Nancy Reagan doing her uh, anti-drug campaign, just say no to drugs. You had special episodes of every 80s sitcom, cartoon, everything on an anti-drug thing. There was even um, G.I. Joe had a drug runner character called the Headhunter that was brought in towards the end of it, which was so evil. Even Cobra's like, we want no part of it. You're dealing drugs. We're evil, but we don't do drugs. Like that showing that someone selling drugs is even worse than the biggest evils on your classic 80s cartoons. So Hollywood, as a heel, saying, listen, I'm a bad guy, but I still don't do drugs, is showing drugs are even worse than being a bad guy. You remember the anti-drug song, Streets? No, I remember. Losers are users, and users are losers, so don't do drugs. Don't do drugs! I mean, that's going to end it for Glow, uh, episode number three. That was a fun one. I think that was the best episode we've had so far. Definitely love the brawl with Hollywood and Sally. That was a great match. Hollywood is, jokes aside, is my favorite overall talent on the show so far. For gimmick, for promos, for holding her own in the ring. Nanachka, real close second, though. Broadway Rose, third, and Zelda Zingers, fourth. Do you think it's Do you think it's Hollywood because she's from Hollywood or because clearly she's wearing Fredericks of Hollywood? I don't know. It's got to be the Fredericks of Hollywood. I don't know, Kevin. I don't know. Um, so that's going to do it for us. Why don't we uh, take a short little break and come back with episode four? Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hello, everyone. This is Maddie Treats from the House Show Podcast. And if you're like me, you've been watching Glow on 2B TV. Now, you may have seen an ad for Keytruda. Now, Keytruda is a great drug, but I just kind of wanted to go over some of the side effects for you. Now, there are many, many side effects, and really, we're only talking about the common side effects here, so 
So some common side effects with Keytruda when used alone include feeling tired, pain, including pain in muscles, bones, or joints, in the stomach area, basically abdominal pain. What about a decreased appetite, itching, diarrhea, nausea, rash, fever, cough, shortness of breath, and constipation. Now, here's some key side effects of Keytruda when used alone that are more common in children than in adults. They include fever, vomiting, upper respiratory tract infection, headache, and low levels of white blood cells and red blood cells. Now, here's some common side effects of Keytruda when given the certain chemotherapy medicines included. Feeling tired or weak, nausea, constipation, diarrhea, decreased appetite, rash, vomiting, cough, trouble breathing, fever, hair loss, inflammation of the nerves that may cause pain, weakness, and paralysis in the arms and legs. Also, swelling of the lining of the mouth, nose, eyes, throat, intestines, or vagina, mouth sores, and headache. Now, here are some common side effects of Keytruda when given with, uh, I don't know, some word I can't pronounce. They include diarrhea, feeling tired or weak, high blood pressure, liver problems, low levels of thyroid hormone, decreased appetite, blisters or rash on the palms of your hands and soles of your feet, nausea, mouth sores, and the swelling of the lining in the mouth, nose, eyes, throat, intestines, or vagina, hoarseness, rash, cough, and constipations. Now, these are not all the possible side effects of Keytruda, but please talk to your healthcare provider for your medical advice about the side effects. Where'd the music go? Hi guys, Kevin here. And if you're like me watching the lovely, gorgeous ladies of GLOW, then you've had one thought in your mind as well. Watching all of the headlocks and the flying body presses and the small packages and the snap mares, I have one thought on my mind. Scissoring. At some point, two of these girls had to get into the locker room and just scissor. But wait! Maybe not, because thanks to the fine products from Fabergé, you don't need to cut your hair. You could have long, luxurious locks and still be able to hold up in the ring, despite all the hair pulling, the body slams, all of the moves. No need to scissor in the glow lock room. Your hair is strong, thicker, fuller, bolder, and with bounce, thanks to the fine products from Fabergé. And welcome back, everyone. Uh, we're going to start with Glow Episode 4. Uh, we start once again in the Glow Locker Room. Um, then we run down the card. We have a shampoo commercial. Uh, we have Tiffany's Glow Gossip. Are you guys seeing a trend here? It's pretty much the same. Um, we get our wrapping intro. And then we go right into match number one on our card. And we get Stinky versus Zelda the Brain. Stinky is a New York street punk, baby. She's mm -hmm. got some funk to her. The skunk gimmick. That's something. She's a New York doll. Kevin, what did you what did you think of Stinky here? This is the first time we've seen Stinky. It is the first time we've seen Stinky. Um I mean punk gimmick I'd be all for usually, but playing it up that she smells cause she's a punk was a little odd um her her finishing attack at the end was a 
borderline disgusting though yeah what it was the finishing attack Evan? well at the climax of the match even though she's already been topped she knows she's finished and squirts at her opponent <laughs> is that all you had for notes <laughs> are you okay there educator what's so funny um i thought stinky was pretty good like in the ring i thought she could have been actually a pretty good wrestler too with with more training that is one of the notes that i did think zelda the brain she is adorable i love her to death not the best wrestler, though. No. no. But the gimmick covers it. The gimmick is good. Yeah. Her trying to get into that cl- that poor ring. Oh, my God. She battles just to get into the ring. All right. So, educator, why don't you break down Stinky in the brain? <laughs> oh, damn you. <laughs> what? That's the best joke in 100 episodes. Well done. Well, well done. Oh. So we we see at the start of the match, Zelda has a machine that's going to measure Stinky's aroma a machine that apparently just, you know, it's used to check out the, the smog levels in California. Uh, Zelda's using the machine. The machine decided to, you know, just completely blow up and flames all over the place. So the actual start of the match after the machine blows up is Stinky with a big Irish whip into the ropes uh, to Zelda. It scoops her up and gives her a big body slam. Stinky with a second Irish whip attempt, but Zelda is able to hit a sunset flip and gets a one count from the referee as Stinky kicks out. Stinky drops an elbow uh, and is successful the first time onto a down Zelda, but the second time she attempts an elbow, Zelda rolls out of the way. Zelda tries to use some spray-on deodorant to neutralize the, uh, the effervescence of Stinky, however, Stinky was able to do an eye rake to prevent that from happening. Stinky does a corner Irish whip and is able to get a monkey flip to take Zelda up and over on back to the canvas. We see Stinky with a big side headlock working Zelda down on the canvas. The girls eventually make their way back up to their feet. We have a collar and elbow tie up, but Zelda is able to get a big kick into the gut and a rolling suplex takeover onto Stinky. Stinky's able to recover and hits a running drop kick to send Zelda through the ropes to the floor. Zelda hits a double rolling uh, snap nair takeover onto Zelda onto the floor. Stinky is choking Zelda on the floor, is using stomps to keep Zelda down. Zelda is barely able to make it back into the ring before the referee's 20 count. As Zelda gets into the ring, Stinky hits a a running tilt-a-whirl cross-body press onto Zelda to take her down and gets a one-count from the referee. Stinky with a big running flying headlock takeover. Zelda does hit a running shoulder block and a running back elbow from the second rope to take uh, Stinky down. We see Zelda hit a sunset flip and a jackknife roll-up with a big 1-2-3 pinfall victory over Stinky. Good pick here. Like Zelda's not going to be anyone like Nanachka, you know, a, a higher level of talent here. But Stinky seemed like a good one for her to beat. Also, like just such a weird gimmick. They're all they're supposed to be the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. They're supposed to be the most beautiful ones and all. And your name's Stinky, you know. But I mean, it's it's sort of like a a punk gimmick in a way of ridiculous names going all the way back to Lenny and Squiggy from Laverne and Shirley. But it, it just it it seems gross, but cartoonish gross, like Pepe Le Pew level cartoonish here. 
Um, even especially when she's got the headlock, but she's rubbing her armpit in Zelda's face, remind me a lot of the Nasty Boys. And, uh, you know, much like Treats was saying he was impressed with Stinky's ring work here, same with Nasty. They didn't have to do the cartoony gimmick of it and, you know, play up the, the stink and the pits and stuff like that. Um, but I think if you're going to have Zelda win, this is a perfect way to have it happen and have it go about. And I don't think anyone from Glow really loses anything by taking a loss. I think like Nanachka's champion might, but anyone else, you're the same level going in as you are going out, no matter who wins or loses. Yeah, it's not like there's a ranking system or, or anything like that. So, Well, I think he's already ranked. We've established that. Oh, that's right. That is true. Uh, so we get a Dr. Uh, Feels and Grope segment with Dementia this time. Um, we get a shampoo commercial. Then we get some Zelda zingers. And then we follow that up with match number two, which actually sees Nanachka in a tag team match uh, with uh, Tanya taking on Sally and Babe, the farmer's daughters. Uh, interesting to see Nanachka not on our main event. Not on the main event, not even with the crown as being the champion of Glow. Uh, interesting way to introduce another character. Apparently, uh, these ladies are actually a tag team, or at least portraying as such here. Uh, Major Tanya and Nanachka against the Farmer's Daughters. Interesting back and forth match. Um, the finish came came across as you would expect it to with the, the ladies champion and her new sidekick partner here getting the victory. There's no glow tag titles though, right? Like there's a lot of tag matches for not having any tag titles. And and Tanya almost wondered like she wasn't bad. Their their builds are a little different, but otherwise there are moments where I forgot who of the two was in the match because the hair's very similar, the cut, the outfits are exactly the same. I it makes me wonder if Nanashka wasn't gonna be available for a while. So this is kind of like a replacement if needed. Very possible, very possible. Uh, educator, would you like to see Glow uh, introduce more title belts? <laughs> uh, you know, I wouldn't have an issue with a tag t- uh, set of tag straps here. Uh, but at, beyond that, probably wouldn't make sense uh, to have anything else like a secondary title or, you know, 3,700 titles like we currently see in the WWE product. So, you know. All right, so uh, Educator, why don't you go ahead and break down this tag match? So we see the start of the match. The Russians attack the daughters when the daughters are trying to present them a gift offering of flowers. We see Tanya with a full Nelson and then a big snap snare takeover to Babe, the farmer's daughter. Tanya does a corner Irish whip to Babe and does a double-legged catapult to send uh, Babe across the ring towards the other side. We see Tanya with a slam attempt, but Sally is able to uh, push her sister over to turn it into essentially a crossbody press uh, for a one count from the referee. Babe is able to do an arm bar and begin working on Tanya's right arm on the on the canvas. Tanya does recover, does a double hand arm drag takeover to escape uh, the move set from Babe. Nanachka tags in and climbs to the top rope and essentially rides Babe down to the canvas, slamming her face first into the canvas itself. Nanachka uh, does a running leg drop to overcross the throat to Babe. She ends up trying to do a second running leg drop attempt, but Babe is able to roll out of the way, and Sally now tags into the match. 
We see Sally stopping Nanachka a few times. However, Nanachka is able to recover and does an Irish whip into the ropes, does a big scoop for a body slam, but turns it into a backbreaker, dropping babe or dropping Sally, I should say, across her knee. We see Nanachka with a front suplex to Sally. Nanachka charges in the corner when Sally was in the corner recovering from the suplex, but Sally is able to move out of the way, and Nanachka crashes shoulder first into the ring, uh, into the ring buckle itself. We see Sally with a flying head scissors and a bunch of cheerleader rolls carrying uh, Nanachka around through the ringside area, or I should say on the mat itself. Sally tries to do a second set of cheerleader rolls, but Nanachka essentially beals her off onto the canvas. Nanachka essentially picks up Sally on over her shoulder and does a modified version of a power slam, taking Sally down to the canvas. Nanachka does a corner Irish whip. Sally ends up catching her with a big boot to Nanachka's face. Sally does a another victory roll attempt and does continuous roll throughs to uh, move Nanachka throughout the entire canvas to make her a little woozy as she stands back up. Babe ends up tagging back in. She tries for a pinfall attempt, but but Nanachka has her foot on the ropes. So Babe decides to essentially do her own pinfall and count for the pinfall herself. And Babe is now walking around the ring as if she's won the match itself. Instead, Tanya is able to tag back in, and Nanachka and Tanya do a double-team maneuver to Babe, hitting her with the equivalent of almost like a modified top-rope heart attack, modified doomsday device, clothesline off of the top rope as Nanachka clotheslines, and Tanya gets the pinfall. One, two, three. The Russian team defeats the American team. You know, not only did the Russian team defeat the American team, but kind of in a way made the American team look the fool here, meaning the Russians are smarter. As uh, And for Natachka's sake, a better wrestler as well. But kind of a surprise here. And yeah, it's the farmer's daughters, and you could probably get away with like it's a country hick and we outsmarted them. But still kind of interesting to see that Natachka's foot is on the rope, clear, clear as day, clear to everyone. And the farmer's daughters think they won the match and miss a very basic thing here. And then in their celebration, end up getting beaten. Um, also, like you mentioned the cheerleader role and there's a farmer's role here as well. That was actually really impressive. I have never heard these moves called that before, though. Am I missing something at all? No, I think this is a glow call here. I mean, basically, then, it's a victory role. For one, that they just she keeps rolling forward rather than hook the legs for a pinfall. She just keeps tumbling forward, forcing her opponent to kind of roll harder through a few times. The yeah, and I, I, I mean, mean it's a glow glow terminology. Yeah. Athletically, it's impressive, but I was just thinking I've never heard it called this before in my life. Um, kind of surprising how much of the match was in the ring. Like we're talking with um Sally's previous match, brawling outside the ring here but it's pretty much all inside. Um, it kind of seemed like a way to get Tanya some experience, really. Right. With four or three other more experienced women for Glow here. It, it really seemed like a, a tryout match almost. Uh, you know, welcome to the show thing. Here's how we do stuff. Not bad. Tanya looks like she's got potential, but, you know, everyone else is just kind of, you know, this doesn't further anything here. 
doesn't right. give Sally or Babe a, a title shot next week. Seemingly, like it just doesn't do anything. Good for Tanya, though. Welcome, Glow. Yeah, and then we follow that up with Godiva's Bear Facts. Then we get MTV's Glow Connection, and then we go. She's the AOK DJ, baby. She always is. Woo! Are you gonna do that woo every time? <laughs> you I never know. So. You never know. It's such a good woo. It's so happy. <laughs> Kevin, top three woos. Go. Uh, the the educator is no, done? No, just the top three woos in the world. Uh, Jimmy Woo from WandaVision's number one. Uh, disagree. Uh, okay. uh, Ric Flair. Yeah, that's number one. No. Okay. And, uh... I don't know. Jay, Jay Lethal. No, you're wrong. The Jay Lethal parody? No. So, Ric Flair's Woo, number one. Jimmy Jimmy uh-huh. Woo, number two. And the Wu-Tang Clan, number three. Ah, oh, there it is. So, you guys are wrong. You guys are wrong. Okay. All right, so match number three is Star versus Cheyenne Cher. Cheyenne Cher back. She's back. She's in a new outfit. Not so Damn. much Native American garb here. She's got a new cheerleading outfit. I believe uh, commentary suggests she's kind of like Vicky Victory's tag partner-ish. Yep. So she's got more of a uh, of a more of a tumbling uh, gymnastics uniform on as opposed to the Native American garb that we saw from the previous episode with her match with Big Bad Mama. She's a Vers- utility wrestler. She wears many a headdress. Right. Versus Star, the Glow Girl. The Cosmo. Question. Vicky Victory is Jey Uso. Cheyenne Cher is Roman Reigns. She's the headdress of the table. Oh, jeez. I'm even I'm so bad I thought I said it. <laughs> All right. So anyways, educator, why don't you break this match down? The commentary on this is just awful. 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 <laughs> Keep referring to Cheyenne as the Indian. The Indian hitches the wagon to Star. Oh my lord, what are we doing? Oh, I, I, a lot of this match for me, um, I, I there was way too much of the gymnastics element from Cheyenne, just trying to get all of her tumbling spots in. And I guess maybe that's just because she has that background, she feels. That's, you know, she should be using that to make her stand apart from others. I just, I thought it was just way too much over the top. There were a couple of few, a few moves that were just, it were intriguing her doing basically a forward rolling somersault, but rolling her body across the top rope to get off of the top rope back to the floor to avoid contact. I thought that was cool. Um, But to me, just, there was just too much tumbling going on within this match. The match starts with Cheyenne with a set of head scissors take over onto Star. Cheyenne with a big splash attempt, but Star ends up putting her knees up and Cheyenne comes down hard across the knees. We see Star with a body slam and she ends up picking up Cheyenne and turns it that body slam attempt into a flapjack, taking her down to the canvas. We see Cheyenne reversing a pile driver attempt by Star, turns it into a back body drop. We see Cheyenne do a handspring into a cannon, what the commentary called a cannonball. Basically, it was just a double-legged uh, leg drop across the body of Star. 
Cheyenne attempts to do a running splash, but instead the uh, star star is able to pick her feet up and do a monkey flip uh, and take Cheyenne over uh, to the opposite side of the ring. Star attempts to do a front suplex, but Cheyenne is able to roll through and reverse the move. Cheyenne climbs to the top rope and does this forward roll where her body rolls her back along the top rope to get away from a charging star. Uh, This causes star to essentially crash and burn shoulder first into the second buckle. We see multiple pinfall reverses between the ladies for one counts and two counts as they're rolling around, tumbling around on the canvas at one point, we see Cheyenne again climb to the top rope only for Star to do a double hand arm drag to take her back down to the canvas. Star ends up picking up Cheyenne uh, with a torture rack and begins spinning her around doing the uh, Ricola uh, backbreaker that we saw Claudio Castagnoli do in his 2CW Ring of Honor days. We see uh, Star able to do a corner Irish whip. Star charges only for Cheyenne to catch her with a set of head scissors and taking her back down to the canvas. We see Cheyenne with a victory roll attempt, but Star again flapjacks her back uh, and causes her to crash and burn on the canvas. We see Star ramming Cheyenne's head into the canvas a few times, but Cheyenne is able to recover and uses an armbar head scissor takeover and a unique combination of pinning uh, Star to the canvas. Uh, with both of her legs wrapped around her arms and a big one, two, three victory for Cheyenne Share. See, you mentioned that you didn't like Cheyenne's gymnastics here, but I thought it was fantastic. I was very impressed with her. I think with uh, this would be a talent that with some sort of seasoning, some guidance, uh, a developmental system could have learned when and how to appropriately use these moves to tell story in a match and really be something I'm looking at her like a Casey Kenson zero with her gymnastics background, but needing seasoning training, someone saying, you know, no, don't go out there and do all of your moves in one match. That's overkill. Do like one or two of them, you know, don't do 20, but really she becomes a breakout performer here. You know, she's up against Star, who does nothing, which means Cheyenne shines brighter than the star. May as well be called Supernova here. She's fantastic in the match. I was ridiculously impressed with it. It, But it doesn't, and that's not what Glow is anyways, but it doesn't tell a story within the match at all, though, for it. There's no psychology. There's no reason. It's just, hey, I can do these cool things. All right. But why? And why am I supposed to care here? And again, that's just not what Glow is for anyways. Um, and in comparison, like Star just does nothing. I really want to see Cheyenne share up against Ninochka, um, even Hollywood, like someone else that I feel could do something in the ring. Star's really just there for this match. She's just a prop for Cheyenne to do the gymnastics off of. She may as well be a parallel bar or a horse or something. Not Godiva's horse, the uh, other horse. And then we follow that up with a shampoo commercial. We get our Mountain Fiji dream sequence. And then we go to match number four, which is Daisy and Dementia with Gremolina taking on the Park Avenue Knockouts, which is Tiffany Mellon and Rocky Astor. 
Uh, Kevin, you a big fan of the uh, Park Avenue knockouts? A big fan of Tiffany Mellon. Like I said, I've been studying her work all week since the last show. Um, she ha- She's a pretty good one-on-one wrestler, but she does do well against a group, too. Good to know. She, she likes battle royals. <laughs> Educated. You got anything for us? <laughs> I don't know how to follow up with that. Uh, Kevin, um, you did do some research on Gremolina's height. Did, did you not? No, I can't find anything. I've been searching for an official height. I thought I someone, or was it Educator? Educator, you did some research on Gremolina's height. Yeah, didn't we find a picture oh. online with her standing next to a known uh, former WWE star? Oh, that's Swaggle. right. Yep. Yeah. Her next to Swaggle. So she's a little taller yeah. than Swaggle. Nothing on Daisy, oh, though. Well. I can't find Daisy's height. I'm I'm convinced she's at least six two, six three. I I think they should call her Sunflower yeah. instead of Daisy. All right, uh, educator, why don't you go ahead and break down this one? So we see the start of the match with Roxy Astar and Tiffany Mellon. They come into the ring. They have a gift for Daisy. Uh, inside the uh, the pack, the box is a dress for Daisy, and Daisy's super excited because she has some nice clothes. Apparently, Gremolina walking her around on her chain leash only allows her to wear pretty much garbage uh, outfits to the ring. And uh, hot tag. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for your. I don't know what we're going to call the segment yet. What should we call it? Uh, that means Tiffany. You can still call it the money shot of the week. No, we're not calling it the money shot when it's a woman's show, Kevin. No. Smart ass. <laughs> All right. Kevin, just go. You ruined the you you ruined the show, Kevin. Just go. The big O of the week? No? Right. So, welcome to the hot tag of the week. These two pick a hot tag and do not tell me and give each other looks during the show as we were building up for it. Like they did this one when they asked me what I thought of Tiffany Mellon's work. And I saw a look while we were recording. I thought, oh, I think this match. I will say, not the one I thought I was calling, though. But this was, I thought it was going to be the previous match because of Star doing uh, sort of a space sci-fi gimmick. And I'm a big fan of Chris Statlander or, or the Thunderbolt and Lightning comic book gimmick earlier. Those were my guesses. Anyways, here. Daisy with Grimlina and Dementia versus Roxy Astor and Tiffany Mellons. Tiffany has a present for Daisy. It's a dress. Daisy is so happy. We have a tug of war over the dress. Dementia cuts it with an axe. Tiffany tosses Dementia. Uh, but both of them fall to the floor. Daisy comes over to help. Daisy manhandles Tiffany. A whip off the ropes and Daisy kicks Tiffany in the face. See with a full Nelson. Tiffany escapes and kicks Daisy into the buckle. Armbar on Daisy. Daisy grabs Tiffany's hair and flips her over. Daisy slingshots Tiffany across the ring thanks to her height. Grimlina calls Daisy over and that lifts Roxy tag in. Daisy and Roxy toss each other. Roxy works over Daisy's legs. Grimlina trips Roxy. Daisy throws Roxy out. Roxy goes after Gremlina. Dementia is now in the ring and beats up Tiffany. Tiffany gets Dementia into a small package for the pin. Daisy, as the match ends, is wearing her new dress on the outside, but the, cam- the camera misses this whole story of her changing her clothes on the outside while the in-ring action is focused on Tiffany and Dementia. And that has been your Kevin Hallions. Glow. 
my glow up of the week. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out, guys. I'm a pretty, pretty princess. I'll edit that out. Um, educator, what do you think of the match? Fun storyline, I guess, trying to build the animosity between Daisy and Gremolina. Uh, hopefully, there'll be some sort of payoff to this at the end where Daisy ends up turning on Gremolina and eventually becomes a face uh, in the other locker room. We'll, we'll eventually see. The I was impressed with the inside cradle small package finish. It was like a really, really tight roll up. Um, and I just, yeah, the f- good finish for the match back and forth. I- I'm, I'm becoming a huge fan of dementia and, and the, and the gimmick and the character that she portrays be interesting to see how she progresses throughout this, uh, this season that we're going to be looking at. All right. And then we follow that up with her easy as KGB, uh, segment. Once again, the talking to an admiral. And uh, Vladimir calls again. Vladimir, terrible timing with these with these phone calls. Just terrible. Yeah, especially the time zone difference. Um, and then we get a shampoo commercial. And then, guys, we actually get a new segment. I was shocked. New segment. Right, it is Cheyenne shares Indian folklores. What did you What did you think of the new segment? I felt it was neither Indian nor folk nor lore. I just see Bailey's mom. Um, and that leads us to our main event of the night, which is Tulsa taking on MTV. I got a question, guys. And... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Tulsa, the, the lady portraying Tulsa, uh, we've seen a bunch of segments where she's with, uh, with Babe. Babe, Babe, the farmer's daughter, with the whole double yep. dating. I don't know if it's me, and maybe I'm just a terrible judge at this. Does does Tulsa look a lot older? I knew you were going there. Yep. She I just saw it. That I mean, because I get like, like Babe, Babe to me looks like mid-20s, early mm-hmm. 20s. Mm-hmm. Tulsa's like 15, late 20s. 30s. Yeah, early 40s possibly. I mean – she just yeah. she comes off she looks a lot older and I didn't realize it at first and then watching this match um yeah she just seems much older and not not in a bad way but just in no. comparison to the rest right. right it's very noticeable yeah like vet like very veteran you know compared yeah. to the other ladies I'll give you that would you say that Tulsa is the QT Marshall of Glow yeah absolutely. She's like the Arn Anderson. You know, maybe she just looks old. Well, Arn Anderson looked like he was 45 when he was 21. Yeah, 22. same with Steve Regal. Yeah. When Regal first started in WCW, like before he was Sir William Regal and had um, Bill Dundee uh, with him, Sir William, uh, he, he had like a short face run for like two or three months. He looked younger there, but then like as soon as he turned heel – he looked like he was 40 when he was like 25 years old. It was crazy. I, I think his lemon face helps. I think the, I think yeah. the issue with Tulsa was she wasn't you she wasn't using Fabergé organics. That's the mm-hmm. issue. Mm-hmm. She wasn't consistently bounce, yeah. bounce bounce bounce. Educator, why don't you go ahead and break down Tulsa versus MTV? So the start of the match begins. MTV's already at the top rope. I There must have been a weird edit that we missed or just the way the sequence of the show was put together. But the beginning of the match is MTV's on the top rope and she hits a flying body press. 
to start off the match, and she gets a two count from the referee. We see Tulsa with a running clothesline and a leg lock to begin working on MTV's knee. The ladies are rolling around the canvas, jockeying for position, jockeying for control. At one point, we see MTV with a double hook uh, to uh, Tulsa's nose, yanking and raking back on her. Uh, She eventually throws Tulsa down to the canvas. Tulsa eventually recovers, and we see an arm drag takedown to MTV. Tulsa throws MTV over the top rope to the floor. Tulsa throws MTV into the ring apron multiple times. We see both ladies start wrestling or arguing over the guitar that MTV had brought to ringside. They're kind of like swinging each other back and forth, trying to wrestle the guitar away from each other. Eventually, uh, Tulsa tosses MTV into the ring after she gets the guitar away. Tulsa ends up climbing to the second rope, but MTV ends up hitting a headbutt to her abdominal area to slow uh, Tulsa's momentum. Tulsa does recover and hits a second rope sunset flip, but only gets a two count from the referee. MTV apparently was able to recover first as she climbs to the top rope and hits a diving flying shoulder to block to knock down uh, Tulsa. MTV ends up taking Tulsa's dress wrap garb and wraps it around her waist. Also grabs uh, Tulsa's rodeo lasso and begins mimicking and making fun of Tulsa. But somehow Tulsa is able to wrestle the lasso out of MTV's hands, is able to lasso MTV up by her feet, dragging her to the canvas, wraps up MTV's legs like it's a bull rope competition, does a jackknife pinfall with the uh, legs all wrapped up, and we see MTV falling to defeat by Tulsa, getting pinned one, two, three. Very entertaining with MTV causing her own down here with the lasso and then being tripped up and rolled up and all but that spot is honestly mtv's best work of the match she really seems lost out there she seems confused she seems to need help a lot like i i know educator loves mtv gimmick here but in ring action she just missed just completely missed out on it speaking miss though you mentioned that flying shoulder block off the ropes that misses yeah, that completely, completely misses. Yeah. Sells, goes ahead and sells it. Sells it like it had hit, but yeah, barely yep, glancing. Using, yeah, yeah, Not using good. the best camera angle that they had for it to kind of cover it, but it clearly misses. Really curious why that's the main event of the show, though. Like, there's no, there's no storyline progression here. It's not that good a match. We had other matches on the card that could have been a good closer for it. Right. I'm just very confused why they decided this was the one to go on last. Maybe maybe every girl gets their chance to be in the main event of a show. Right. You know? Yeah, surprised that they didn't have just the Nanachka tag match made. Tag, right. Um, yeah. Who knows? Just kind of interesting. Um, so we get our mirror mirror segment again, and then we get the country girls' dates, and then we roll credits, and Johnny C still broke, guys. Poor Johnny C. Feel bad for him. Feel bad for him. Um, but the problem is, is that Lady Godiva just leaves her horse double parked everywhere, and she gets too many tickets. But she saves him so much money without wearing a wardrobe. She just wears flowers. Right. So. Right. Just fantastic, fantastic stuff. Uh, what did you guys think of episode four? 
stuff's growing on me, man. I'm actually looking forward to watching the next episode. I really am. I I can't do the two episodes we watch in one sitting. I do need no. to take a break usually. I split it up. I do one at one at a time at a seating at a time. Yeah. Yep. But I do enjoy it though once I'm into it. Yep. Yeah, they, they are a lot of fun. I thought episode three though so far been our best with the kind of the two brawls. I guess you would say. Um, I like them a yeah, lot. They yeah. were really fantastic. I thought it was interesting that there was no say no to drugs here segment. I noticed that. Oh yeah, I never even picked but, up on that. Good call. Um, but before we go, educator, you know what time it is? Oh baby, it's time for the Kevin Hellions dad joke of the week. All right, <laughs> Kevin, which yes. girl had you saying, "Oh, daddy"? No, that doesn't make sense. Which girl <laughs> had the daddiest joke of the week? Do you have a guess? No, I don't remember. <laughs> No, do you, oh, you don't have a guess for which girl? No. Alright. I, I don't have a guess for which girl or which line. It was from episode four, the second episode tonight, one of Zelda's zingers. No. A major cause of divorce is marriage. It's marriage. There it is. Perfect right. dad joke. Shout out to Elise. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She would be. She would cause that. She's the one that agreed to marry me. All right. That's gonna do it for us this week. We will be back next week with two more episodes of the House Glow. Uh, educator, what do you want to say to everyone out there? Oh, I want to say hopefully WrestleMania weekend and the big trip to the Rock is successful. Tune in next week as we take a look at episodes five and six. As always, thank you for your support. And please go check out the Retro Network and look at all their awesome content. Yeah, I want to thank, of course, our two co-hosts here. Uh, I want to thank the gorgeous ladies of wrestling for putting on a very entertaining show. I got to thank the Retro Network for everything that they do. It's hard to believe we've been over a year um, doing this. It's crazy to think about, but thank you guys so, so much. Um, and thank you for all the support to everyone listening. Thank you. And I want to send a special shout out to Joey Janella, Mr. Janella. You got to get Crone Meltzer on the Janella zone. Let's do it. Let's get that Instagram live Crone Meltzer interview going. Nasty Leroy, Crone Meltzer, Joey Janella. Let's get it going. Oh, uh, baby. Kevin Allians, why don't you take us? All right. Thanks, guys. For oh, hey, hey, hey. Yeah, awesome. Follow me on Twitter at Manny Traits. Okay. <laughs> All right, thank you guys for another great show. Thank you to the Retro Network for hosting us. Thank you to Tubi for providing the content that we watch because they got a better search function. Thank you to Hollywood for being Hollywood. Thank you to Jason Gross and Richard Reader for our logo. You can follow us across the internet at TRN House Show. You can follow Matt online at Maddie Treats. You can follow me online at Mass Library. MassLibrary.com is my home blog. You can follow Crown Meltzer online if you know where to look. Go ahead and check out the show notes for Patreon merchandise, all sorts of cool stuff. And guys, uh, I'm bearing it at the end of the show here. I have a confession to make. Do you know that I had a short but intense relationship with one of the Glow Girls? I did not know that, Kevin. See, yeah, years ago, I had a very brief but passionate time when I dated Gremlina. It was, it oh, was really? very intense and all, but what the problem was is she had a curfew. And I had to get her home every night by eleven fifty nine because Why? I could not I couldn't get her wet after midnight. 
I may have to edit that. Oh my god! What is wrong with you? Did you? How long have you been thinking about Seriously, that? Seriously, he's he's like right down, and the reason his camera's off because he's he's got glasses on, breaking that shit off as we go, just to make sure he sells it. Oh my god! He's over there looking like Teddy Roosevelt. Looking over his <laughs> right on that and the nose. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.